Hey, is everyone doing their resolutions so far this year? Happy New Year, right? Come on. All right, are we done? Are, like, everyone's like, are we still talking about New Year's? That was like two weeks ago. Like, we're, we're still talking about uh, how to have the best year of our life. We're in, year, we're in week number uh, three of that, and, and we want to intentionally take steps towards Christ. That's what we've been teasing out together over the last couple of weeks is how do we have the best year of our life? How is that literally this year is going to be different than every other year is, is if we take intentional steps towards Christ and orient our entire life around him. And so the first week we talked about maybe you might be in a, in a spot, maybe you're just kind of listening in, kind of in the crowd, that's okay, and, or maybe you're just at a spot where you need to let Jesus borrow something and, and you're just letting him kind of uh, use your, your money or your time or maybe some of your gifts to, uh, to interact with him or or maybe you're at a spot where, where you need to learn how to throw your net differently. You've been doing this whole Jesus thing for a while, uh, but you really haven't changed anything meaningful about your life in a long time. And so maybe that's your step this year. Or maybe for you, you've never intentionally called Jesus Lord, and, and he's never been the master of your life. And so we just would encourage every one of you, wherever you're at, to, to be able to do that. Um, today, though, we're talking about this really encouraging topic called uh, health and fitness. This is awesome, right? Like, I, I'm so glad that I got that one on the, uh, on the, on the list. And so I, as you can tell, I'm like totally, like if there was like a pastor monthly, like I'm that guy. Like I'm on the magazine cover. My health is so like exquisite. I'm like, they're calling me up all the time asking me to do these photo shoots, right? False. That's not what they're doing. They're not doing that. And so like the awkward, I'll take the brunt of the awkwardness today so that we can engage in this topic. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Every single one of you, or maybe at some point you were doing this and you've stopped, every single one of you have thought at some point, as you head into the new year, this is going to be the new year I do well physically. I do well with my health. Maybe I'm going to start running. Maybe I'm going to start doing uh, eating differently. Maybe I'm going to start resting a little bit differently. And your health has come into conversation in, in various ways. And, and so today, what I'd like to do is just tease out a little bit about the scriptures teach um, because here's what I know is, is if when you look around, if we have to be honest about maybe a lot of our, our, our kind of our Western American ways of doing life, um, what we, our view of our own body tends to be low. But the New Testament has actually a very high view of your body. Like the, the Bible teaches a very high view of the physical nature around us. Uh, there was a heresy in the first century called Gnosticism um, that a lot of the New Testament is actually combating when they write, uh, as, the, as the New Testament writers are, are writing. And one of the core beliefs of this heresy uh, was that the physical was bad and the spiritual was good. And so they often would do things like close their eyes and, and disconnect from physical reality, or they would disengage from many different elements of, of life in order to uphold the spiritual. And often, Jesus and Paul are trying to tease that out and say, no, 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 that's not the way uh, the world works. That's not how God created you to live. That's not how God had a vision for your life. That's not, that's not anything about that, but other than our high view of our bodies so that we can continue to serve and engage in the restoration of all things for a long time. So uh, we began to tease this out, and I, you know, I, thought it was, I thought it would be a good one to, for us to settle in on because we've all done a new year with this as one of our resolutions, and we often fail at it. Uh, but we know that God, I think, can engage with that. So well, here's, what I do, here's what I don't want to do, though. Immediately when we start talking about topics, that might be a little weird. Um, like how often, maybe just a show of hands, how many times have you heard a, a health and fitness sermon on a Sunday? 
All right, sweet, nobody, like maybe one, okay, cool, um, a couple of us, uh, that's, that's awesome. So when we talk about topics that are a little weird, what we tend to do is we start to compare and contrast, and I don't want to build a Pharisee factory here this morning, can I get an amen? Um, like, we just want to ask Jesus to engage with us a little bit. We often tend to, as well, polarize our response to this. We say, okay, we need to get healthy, so immediately I got to eat nothing and drink water for the next four weeks. We're like, that's not healthy either, believe it or not. Like, we tend to polarize our way, but I think that there's some little things that you could do. You don't have to ch- drastically, completely move everything about your life in the next 48 hours. But I think what we can do is figure out one way or one step or one element of what considers to be the essentials of health to take a step forward. Are, are we tracking this morning? All right, here's the deal. So the, 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 we tend to have a low view of the body Christ and the New Testament, they teach a high view of the body. And here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 6 as a way to show this to us. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That word honor there is where we get the word doxology. And so what Paul's teaching is, us, is that through our bodies, we are to be a living song of praise to God. And so it's through our bodies, we have a living sacrifice, it says later on in Romans. Like it, it, it literally, we're supposed to be a living sacrifice, a living song of praise to God with all of that. Now, now 1 Corinthians 6, it's in the context of actual sexual behavior. And so he's saying, he's saying, really, we need to have sexual purity so that we can engage with that. But then he also takes this and he blows it up throughout the rest of the New Testament. It's not just in sexual purity. It's not just um, in the way that we engage, but even to be the sake, for the sake of ministry. He says, I want to have an honoring life and a living song so that I can continue to preach the things that God would have me preach and teach. And so he ties our health with our effectiveness in the restoration of all things, in our health and our effectiveness for all that God might have us do in life. And so it really is important to do that. We even have an extremely excellent illustration of this dichotomy between high view and low view right here in New England. Now, you you would have thought I'd I'd be a good pastor and not bring up the fact that the Pats are playing today. uh, but it's, you know, everyone's nervous, right? Everyone's a little anxious, and everyone's, you know, doing that sort of thing. But, but Tom Brady actually is like a key thing, a key element to this, right? Right? <laughs> like, you know, I, like I just put this on my bureau and stare at it for the picture, more or less, more than anything. But, but really, like, this is, isn't this, like, like, Tom Brady's this massively good example, but it's almost like an ideal, and, and it, when you read this, it, there's almost like this worship element to it. It's like, who is he worshiping? Who is he about? Like, who, what is he for? And so Brady spends his whole time, like he, he's becoming, it's a controversial thing in the NFL, right? Where you have this person that has all these alternative methods for longevity. And the dude's 40 and just got the, the passing yard title for the NFL, and so he's using all of his energy, all of his potential, all of his uh, health in order to help his effectiveness go on forever. And I would just ask this to the church at large, but even our church, why don't we do that if we believe that we're a part of the greatest thing that's ever been created? 
Like if Tom Brady's doing this, and guess what? They play again next year. So if we cry today, we'll cry for like an hour, but they play again in August, right? Isn't that an amazing thing about the NFL? That's what I try to teach my boys. Right now, Channing has minor meltdowns no matter what team he's cheering for if they lose. We were at my nephew's basketball game yesterday. I think the worst hour afterwards because they lost like 20 to 15, right? Like that was their basketball game. So we're trying to teach them that. They play again in August. Like it's what I'm trying to do right now is pre-pastoral counseling, right? Just in case they lose. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to air that up. So just in case you didn't realize what, what I was doing. Like they play again in August, right? They're there. But Brady is this example in the NFL. Like how can I use... The, every ounce of the potential in my body to do the NFL, why shouldn't we have this massively high view of our body so that we can participate in God's mission on earth? And so we've got to tease this out with just one or two maybe little steps that we can take to engage uh, in what health uh, might be like. And so we just have, uh, the, the, what we're starting as a, as in related to this thing is, is, a, is a new little community group called the Daniel Plan. And so what I'm going to do is kind of walk through the major concepts of the Daniel plan so that we can tease out one or two together. Uh, but man, I'd encourage you, if this is something that you might have feel like God has been interacting with you a ton on, or maybe has put like a little seed in your head over the last year about, I would, I would just encourage you to, uh, to, to seek out registration for the Daniel plan and walk through it. It's a six-week, it's, it's just a little one, a six-week program um, just to engage with some friends. On, on what it's like to have a holistically healthy life. And so I want to walk through those through a uh, few with you. So this is uh, Rick Warren and Rick Warren's stuff and, and some of his team that wrote the book. Uh, but really, it, it's something that I think we should take for granted um, as we consider our jobs uh, as followers of Christ and truly living the best year of our life. Are, are we tracking so far? Okay, cool. Um, again, I'm not Pastor Magazine material, uh, but I do do some of these in order to engage uh, with that. Um, and my wife does a good job of trying to keep me in line as well. So uh, a few things. Temple essentials, healthy essentials for you. These are things that are going to help you live entirely holistic, like holistic, healthy lives um, and help you not polarize. If you're the first person that walks out of here and say, immediately, family, we're only eating vegetables and water for the next six weeks until we get healthy. Um, that's not the way, you're not going to do well with that. And I also, I also, I also think it's going to be something we need to seek out God for. So number one, the number one healthy essential for us um, is fitness, is fitness. Um, again, this is incredibly uh, encouraging stuff, right, when you come to church this morning. Everyone knows that we need to be more fit. Everyone knows that we need to do a little bit more with our bodies. Everyone knows we need to take steps like this every once in a while. But fitness is something that a lot of times, if you're like me, I often get confused about what to do, about what to do. But I do know things that I hate doing, and I do know things I love doing. And so this is something Connie and I talk about often is, is like I try to run as much as possible, but I hate it, right? Come on, can I get an amen this morning? Let's go. Like, I, I just, I hate it. And it's not because of the health stuff that goes around with it. It's, I just hate the time. It's just, I find, I find it boring. I have a hard time. So I often have to find a recreation of some sort in order to, in order to engage in some sort of an energy uh, fitness level. And so you got to find something recreational. So you got to know what is right, what is wrong for you. You got to figure out what you hate, what you don't like. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like find something that you like and then just keep doing it so that you can do it. 
Um, right now, in, our, in terms of fitness, there's the, the number one, they're, they're turning this into a, a, a human resources study, but they're saying that the number one thing that's most like smoking was back in the day is sitting at work. It's sitting at work. It's that sitting at work is becoming the new smoking that was back a couple decades ago. Isn't that amazing? Where your, your, your sitting level is literally affecting your health. Like you could be at just a zero, th- a zero calorie burn for the entire day. And so that's why they're creating these stand-up desks. Now, I've tried to do this over the last year. I've tried to stand up as much as possible. In the first few days, it's the worst thing imaginable. It's just terrible because you're standing there and you're, everything feels, feels funny. You want to sit down. Uh, but it really does help you take just an ounce or just a little step. So try standing up or walking around, taking the stairs, or just being intentional when you get home. Instead of just going to sit down, do something that you can stay a little bit active through that. You, really, a lot of times we think, we, again, we, we have this Tom Brady ideal when we think about fitness. When we have a Tom Brady ideal when you think about fitness, guess what? We're not going to do it. Right? It's like that dude in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the bumper video where he's just like, all right, I'm going to make it do it. And then he's standing next to the guy that's running like a, a marathon, getting training for a marathon. When we compare and contrast in fitness, we're not going to do it. And so in all reality, we find ourselves actually t- trying to take one or two little tiny steps. And so uh, one of the big things, that a professor in college had a really excellent element of his class where he had us often running and engaging with that as a part of our Christian living uh, assignments. Um, and he's basically, hey, you know what? If you can get your heart rate to 120 for 20 minutes, you know, it takes a few minutes to get there. It takes a few minutes to calm down. If you can just get it to 120 for 20 minutes, you're actually pretty healthy. You're actually pretty healthy. It's not this massive thing. You don't have to shoot for magazines, but we do have to just stay active. Um, another time is just doing simple body weight exercises. Um, is, a, is another one, it's simple push-ups and, and, and sit-ups and things like that that we can engage in to stay simply healthy. And so it's something that I think that the Lord would have us take one little tiny step on this year. And so 1 Corinthians 9.27, uh, Paul talks about this. He says, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, now that's a little dramatic, don't you think, Paul? Right? Make it a slave, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a little harsh for a Sunday morning at 8.30 in the morning. But, but really, if, if, when you see Paul doing it, he's saying, for the sake of the, the mission of God in my life, if for nothing else, if it's not for your family, if it's not for your kids, if it's not for your legacy, if it's not for all these different ways that you can just stay active a little bit, then do it for the sake that you're a part of the greatest rescue mission that's ever been known as the mission of God. Let's take a step in that, uh, just a tiny step. Don't have to shoot for a magazine, but we have to take a step in that. So fitness is a healthy essential. Number two is food. Food. I'm just pouring on the encouragement this morning, aren't I? Pouring on the encouragement this morning. Number two is food. Again, we tend to go polar on this. We say, all right, well, but, but just give us an understanding, just a simple understanding of how to take a next step. Um, so this is, what, this is what Paul would talk about this in 1 Corinthians 10, just a little bit after the verse we, t- we read. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. Again, it's just something that I think if we do, if we have a mindless approach to this, we end up in ways and end up eating in ways that we probably aren't the best for us. But if we are mindful, 
full about how we make decisions. Now, I'll tell you right now, this is the worst one for me. I have no street cred when I'm preaching this point whatsoever, right? So I'll just be honest with you on that. This is my struggle big time because I'm a mindless eater. I'm like, a, hey, you know what? I'm, just, I'm sitting here. Might as well eat something. I guess I'm not even hungry. Might as well eat something. I don't know. Like It's kind of the, the normal way of doing it. I have a hard time getting out of patterns. I like salty, crunchy things. It's just like a life, it's something I'm plagued with. I guess, but it's something that, that I often think about, um, and it's something that I often have, you know, kind of struggle with a little bit every, every once in a while, too. So it, it's food that, that engages, but I do know that if we polarize against it, if I just go fast for a little bit, I'm never going to do anything, but if you can simply change the style of food that you eat, you might make a massive step forward. And so one thing, this is, again, this is something Connie is very, very good at with our family, is that she's establishing not fake food, but real food. And that was a big sign. I was like, what's the difference? It goes in my body, I digest it, and it works out great. I'm, I'm, and I'm alive the next day. But there's a difference simply between fake food and real food. And so getting a, a fish with rice is, is, is different than buying something boxed. As if you can make little decisions like that, they're not massive, mind-blowing changes, but they will go long distance. And then you're saying, but you never met my five-year-old, right? Are, you, are we there on that this morning? Come on. No? Man, I'm by myself in here today. I'm just preaching, <laughs> preaching by myself. It's cool. It's cool. I'll just say it. I'll just do it. We'll get through this together eventually at some point. But, but I get it too, man. Like I, we got a five-year-old and a 12-year-old at home. It's difficult. It's, but this is something we struggle with, making these little tiny decisions in order to help see little life-changing steps take place. And so this is something we do. And then we're also standing there over the table and we're like, eat the food. Eat it. Eat it. You want to go to bed? Eat it. That's, that's kind of how dinner works at, at our house. Um, but, but it helps take just little tiny steps when it comes to that. So food. We want to do everything we do for the glory of God, eating or drinking. Some of you are incredible at this. And some of you, this is a struggle. But I think if you could take one little step, it might work out. And so you have fitness. You have food. This one Number three is really something I'm passionate about is focus. Focus. Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So focus, the renewing of our minds when it comes to health. Now, a lot of us, we... Sometimes we don't struggle with health because we just don't like to eat well. Some of us struggle with health because we have legitimate, we have a disease of some nature or we have a, a history of some sort that is providing a, like tangible obstacles for how we engage with health. And those are elements that a lot of times we try to do the food, we try to do the fitness, we try to take these steps, and we come up short, not because we're just lazy, but because we're actually hurtling major elements of our life. And I would say to you this morning that there's grace for that. There's grace for that. It often provides ton, a ton of shame upon us when we are engaging with it. But God say, no, 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 I can help you get into this in a way that makes sense in spite of all the different things that you have going on in your body. And so there's focus. There's not only this, like, this history, but there's also mental health as well. Sometimes we struggle, because we, not because, not be, we struggle with health not simply because we struggle with eating or doing fitness, but because we struggle with anxiety 
or we struggle with some other emotional element that, that might be providing a hurdle that, that we engage with. And, and again, that God would ask us, according to Romans 12, that he'd ask us to forfeit that to God and ask us to move towards him and trust in him that he would renew our minds. And I, look, look, I get it. Like, a lot of times you're saying, okay, I want to be healthy. I want to do this, but I legitimately can't because I have to overcome a major disease. I've got to overcome major mental and emotional obstacles in my life. And we say, yeah, I know, I get that. You know what? But God simply wants you to take a step. He wants you to take a step. It's not to lighten or to take it away. It's not simple, a simple thing. I know anxiety is not a simple, like, hey, just trust God. Everything will work itself out. In fact, if you struggle with anxiety, someone says that to you, there's a good chance that you'll drop your Christianity for a second and punch them in the nose, right? But in all reality, we struggle with that because not, way before we get to fitness, we have all of these little steps that we have to take even before we get to food or fitness. And we know that. And the, the invitation to you this morning is the same as it always is, is that God is always greater than our circumstances. He's always king. He's always in charge, and he's always Lord, and he's going to move us through that very sensitive topic as we become more and more like him. And so as we move through that, there's other elements that, we, that, that can renew your, ma- your brain and your mental health. There are other elements. that Sometimes we struggle with mental, uh, just some mental health. It's not because we have all of these, like, these situations going around us or circumstances going around us. Some of us do because we simply don't sleep enough. Like, way to drop that bomb right in the middle of that, right? Simply because we don't sleep well. Like, one of the major ways that we can engage with a, with a good focus is if you invest in a good pillow. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I'm sleeping, that means I'm not getting anything done. Right, I get that. Like, I, you, know what I, you know what I brought in? You know what I brought in well into my 20s? Napping, right? How many times have you ever thought about, how many times have you ever thought about this, like, oh, man, I wish I was in kindergarten. I could just take a nap in the middle of the day. Come on, you guys are a bunch of liars this morning. Like, I see you, no one's talking, no one's bringing it. I, mean, I, you, I get it, we feel awkward. I get it, we're talking about fitness in church. I, no, it, it's like this thing, it's really like, oh God, I wish I was in kindergarten again and I could take a nap. You know what, I do. <laughs> like, I do. I don't wish that anymore, I do. Because there's something about, and there's all these studies, just do a simple Google search, like nap in the middle of the day, what health benefits are there? And there's just going to be thousands of these things that pop, these articles that pop up because it's actually good for you. But sometimes the best thing you can do for your focus is to invest in a good pillow, is to sleep well. Like literally seven and a half to nine hours, if you are anywhere between 25 and 60, like you, that is you. And then they say even over 60, you even like can do it on seven or six Amazing. But simply, sl- simply sleeping a six hours regularly, less than that, five, six hours, you're not taking, it's wreaking havoc on your emotional and mental health. Sleeping is one of the most beneficial things that you can do for your health. Like just good sleep habits helps you eat less, helps improve your concentration and productivity, improves immune function. Like if you don't vacation regularly, if you don't Sabbath regularly, like literally like a weekly Sabbath or even just a bi-weekly one at this point, you think you're being productive, but all you're doing is you're cutting your productivity in half if, if you're even hitting that. Because we simply just don't have the energy to move through our day in order to do well when it comes to living. Sleeping is incredible. Bad sleep, poor sleep, is strongly linked to weight, uh, weight gain, 
glucose metabolism and type 2 diabetes. It affects social and emotional interactions. You know, that's called like being a five-year-old too. You ever sleep really bad and you walk and you just yell at everybody and you're like, your wife's like, go back to sleep. Just go take a nap. It, leads, it can lead to depression. It, in, it increases inflammation and gives you a greater risk for heart disease. Those are, none of those things are things you want in your resume. But they're things that we are simply setting ourselves up for if we don't get a simple seven and a half to nine hours of sleep at night. Winding down, moving into uh, sleep habits instead of just falling asleep wherever you're at. Like there's all these little things. That could be something, I think, in suburban America, one of the best things that we do for our life is to get a simple seven and a half to nine hours of sleep. You're in a one and a half hour sleep cycle. You can tell I know way too much about this. Is, this is crazy. But one and a half hour sleep cycle. And so if you wake up in the middle of that hour and a half, you're a mess. You're a mess. You take, you're groggy. You're messy. And it feels funny. And so you've got to sleep that seven and a half to nine hours in order to stay on that sleep cycle and, and, and to have a healthy sleep pattern. But focus is, is one of the things that we can engage in the most um, when it turns into focus. Paul, later on in 2 Corinthians 10, he says that he takes every thought captive when it comes to doing the things in his life that are important to him. And so what is that for you? For focus, it could be something like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And Paul's saying, take that thought captive and put it to the side. I can't get healthy. Take that thought captive and put it to the side. I can't improve my finances. Take that thought captive and move it to the side. I can't have the best year of my life. Take that thought captive and move it to the side. Sacrifice that to Christ and focus on the fact that you actually can do it. So you have fitness, you have food, you have focus, and these are a little bit of the nicer ones here. Ready? Everybody, like, everyone's like, thank God, finally moving into that, right? Number four, friends. Friends. A healthy essential is to do life with friends. Genesis 2.18 is this awesome verse that God has this vision for you in your life. He says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone, and I will make a helper suitable for him. This is not just talking about man and woman in marriage. This is God's vision for relationships in your life. We have a really excellent weekend next weekend planned when it comes to our relationships. You want to be here for that. But in all reality, when we look at our relationships and look at everything about that, that element has massive it just pays massive dividends when it comes to having a healthy lifestyle. Sometimes our relationships and the health of the, those closest to us drastically affects where we are at. If you've ever gone through a season of marital struggle, you get this. If you've ever gone through a season of fighting with your parents or your siblings or your kids, you get this because it just drastically changes your approach to life. You're wearing this weight on your shoulders, and so your friends and the people that are engaging with you are actually necessary and really important for you to take next steps. It's also really important not just to deal with your relationships in order to pursue healthy living, but it's also really important to do the process or to take the journey of healthy living with friends. How often do we try to pull up our own bootstraps by ourselves and make ourselves, present ourselves as better than we're at and show up to the gym by ourselves? Guess what happens the next day? Not that. <laughs> the next day, maybe not that. You can run further with friends. You can do more with friends. Why? Because there's power in community. 
Connie talks about that a lot when she's running. She can run, you know, she can run much further when she has friends with her. So where are your relationships at in terms of your process towards healthy living? You know, to, to support, this is what I, love, uh, what I love in the Daniel plan, talks about this, is this, to support means to increase another's potential. Support, supporting somebody and building structure in somebody is to increase another one's potential. Could you see yourself as a servant in someone's life? by supporting them through something major like this or having someone support you. You actually taking the community that you need to have someone support and encourage you. To encourage literally means to place courage in somebody. And we need that not just for health, but we need that in life, don't we? Man, to go to a work or to a job that we might hate or to go to interact with parenting, one of the, 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 the biggest struggles that anyone uh, any young family have just to be, just, just wanting to be a good parent and struggling with that. You need encouragement for that. And if you're trying to do that alone, you're not, the, the Bible literally says, if you're trying to do life alone, you're not in a good place. And you need helpers that are suitable for you. That's why we do community groups here at Community Covenant. Like next week, we're going to start signing up for our home groups in the, in the spring. We literally, typically between all of our groups, we have 76% of our adults that are in a group, which means that, which, this is what it tells me, a few things. One, that we're, you're not getting cared for the best way that you can get care if you're not connected to a group. And the other thing that's happening is that the people that are engaging the most are finding the most life from Community Covenant right now. You talk to someone that's in a group, someone that's like meaningfully connected to a group, they will feel like they love this church. They will feel like they love it because they're connecting with the life of it. This is awesome. Our weekend gatherings is, is very lively, very engaging, very fun. But the life, the core of our church happens when we connect beyond the weekend because we deeply, deeply believe that Genesis 2 teaches us that you can't live life alone. And so that's why we want to move through that. Genesis uh, 2 is our vision for what, what God intended for humans to live. And so it's essential that we bring that into our talk about health. But you know what the last element is? If we did all, those, all four of those, we'd be like anything else. We'd be like the best diet plan, any other diet plan in the world. You can find any other thing. But you know what really the last point is? And this is often, we, we forget this point when we move through our fitness and our food and our focus and our friends. But you know what the last healthy essential is? Faith. Faith. We often forget to bring God into our living. But if he created you, don't you think he is desperately interested in the way that our health is focused on? Don't you think he is at all interested in the healing of your body? Don't you think he's at all interested in how you struggle every single day, perhaps, if you have a disease of some sort? Don't you think he's interested in that? And he is. And this is what I love. There's a story in Matthew chapter 9 where it talks about a woman that has an issue of blood. And she just has this discharge of blood. She's struggling with a disease. And she begins to work her way towards Christ. And I love this story. Because what happens is you have this woman who's in desperate need of something to change in her life. 
And it says this, So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. And she touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, said, Daughter, he encouraged, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. See, what I love about this is that this isn't just some sort of a a thing for this woman. What this woman is doing is proclaiming the lordship of Jesus in her life. And how you know this is that this is a deeply Jewish idea. What this woman knew is that if Jesus was who he says he was, the Messiah, if he was who he says he was, she knows Malachi chapter 4. She knows Malachi 4 that says this, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. The phrase healing in his wings was the symbol of the fringes of a robe of the Messiah. And so for this woman, she desperately understood that Jesus was not just this prophet or just this rabbi, but that he was the Messiah and the Lord. And if he was who he says he was, that he desperately cared about her and her ailment and desperately needed the healing that Jesus only could provide. See, what we do is we move through this fitness and we move through this food, and we try our hardest, and we get the newest diet, or we get the newest thing, we often forget that all of what we should do is to the glory of God and orienting our lives on Jesus. That's why we don't need to chase magazine covers when it comes to our fitness, but we need to live our lives in the glory that he has established for us. We have to be intentional about it because it's God that created us. And so this morning, I don't know where you're at. It could be any one of these things. Maybe that's your step. Maybe fitness is your step. It's something that you've known is your step. Maybe food is your step. Maybe focus. Maybe sleeping well or maybe dealing with uh, some of the disease that you might have in a new way. Or maybe actually producing hope when you think about it. Maybe it's not focus. Maybe it's our friends. And you've been trying to do it by yourself. You've been trying to be alone by it. You've been trying to take a step, but you really don't, you don't want to be vulnerable or open about your health with anybody. Maybe it's just the need of friends, but maybe for you, you've been keeping God out of your health for a long time. And you need to do this not because of anyone else other than the fact that there's healing in the name of Jesus. And so today... Uh, what we're going to do is, 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 is meditate on the fact that we have one life that God has given us and he's asked us to give it all to him for his glory. And then at the end of the service today, I don't know where you're at, but if you are struggling with any sort of physical ailment, uh, we'd love to pray for healing for you. Uh, at our church, we believe that, that he still does those things. And so after the service, we'd love to, my wife and I would love to meet you here in the corner and just pray with you and believe that God would do something in you uh, that would change your life. Um, and so we're going to do that afterwards. If you have something that you'd like to pray for on that, we'd love to be available for that. Um, but ultimately, what we want to do is simply say, God, help us take one step because you've given us one life and you've asked us to give, and you've asked us to give it to you for your glory. And you've created me with the best intention in mind. So help us take a step to become the, the healthiest because you have asked us to be living songs of honor and praise because you bought us with a price 
and you changing our life to look more like you.